Welcome, everyone, to the Squared Circle Theater of the Mind. I am your host, the First Amendment freedom fighter, the irresistible Joey Harris. And on today's show, we will be looking at Russell Rock 86 from the AWA. Russell Rock 86 took place on Sunday, April the 20th, 1986, from the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome in Minneapolis, Minnesota. 23,000 people were in attendance, but this... But this event, rather, excuse me, was not available via closed circuit or on pay-per-view, nor was an official videotape ever released, although several matches were later shown on the AWA on ESPN show. The most famous thing about this event was the Russell Rock Rumble song that the wrestlers did to promote the event in the style of the Super Bowl shuffle. Sadly, it's not on the event, but it can be found easily online if you just... Google it. It really has to be seen to be believed. We start off with the national anthem playing, but we never get told by whom. This is common with this show, and I would like to thank WrestlingDVDNetwork.com for providing some information that I could not get on my own. After the national anthem, we get Ken Resnick interviewing Brad Rangans. He has Boris Zukov first. Gary Michael Capetta is your ring announcer, does ring introductions. Boris has Sheik Adnan Al KC with him. Rod Trungard's on the call. Back and forth to start out. Rangans finally gets the win with a power slam. Gary Lumpkin, a local celebrity uh, television host refs the Nets match, which is a midget match. And yes, folks, that is what it was called in 1986. It's a tag team match: Lord Littlebrook and Little Turkey, Little Tokyo, excuse me, versus Little Mister T, who was the Haiti kid. And we talked about him the last week being in Mister T's corner in WrestleMania too. He is tagging with Cowboy Lang, and the heels dominate early. Little Mr. T finally gets in, and they go back and forth. The heels regain control. Little Tokyo hits Lord Littlebrook accidentally two times and gets Lord Littlebrook mad at him. Cowboy Lang finally gets the pin on Lord Littlebrook after a scissor roll. Wahoo McDaniel versus Colonel De Beers is next. Farm service director of a local section, Chuck Lilligren, is guest ring announcer. Wahoo starts out by hitting Colonel De Beers with hard right hands. And, folks, I had a, uh, the pleasure to see Chief Wahoo McDaniel versus Greg Valentine in 1993, and they exchanged chops in front of me, and I've never seen someone hit someone else as hard as those two hit each other that night. They go back and forth. De Beers slammed out of the ring. Later, Wahoo is also thrown out. Wahoo then comes back with a fury, throws Colonel De Beers over the top rope for the disqualification. Then they start to chop each other on the outside for a while. Now, next in the event was the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty versus Buddy Rose and Duck Summers with Sherry Martell, but it is edited out of the WWE Network version. The University of Minnesota Athletic Director Paul Guile is introduced. Then piece of human slime rock and roll, Buck Zumhoff is interviewed by Ken Resnick, but the idiot has his boombox on and you can't really hear what he is saying. 
So our next match is Tiger Mask, Mitsuharu Musawa versus Rock and Roll Buck Zumhoff. Back and forth to start with some solid mat wrestling. Buck Zumhoff does the idiotic taking off of the mask gimmick to try to unmask the person before everyone. It has never made sense to me in the context of professional wrestling when you are trying to pin your opponent or make them submit and not unmask them. Unless the stipulation that you can't win the match unless your opponent is unmasked. But if that's not the stipulation, then it just looks stupid. Finally, Tiger Mask hits the top rope somersault with a pin. Minnesota Governor Rudy Perpich announces Vern Gagne Day, but is also edited out as a network version. Ken Resnick interviews Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham. Ken mentions that they are former WWF tag team champions. They want the AWA tag belts, and they take on the fabulous ones here. Windham and Rotundo versus the fabulous ones, Stan Lane and Steve Kern. Note that the Fabs had just competed in a losing effort on the first night of the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Tag Team Tournament just the night before in New Orleans at the Superdome. There's too much talk between the referee and the Fabs to start. Back and forth to start good chain wrestling. Both teams doing some solid wrestling here. Wyndham and Rotundo have the slight edge as it goes along. Then the Fabs come back. Several close pins by both teams. Wyndham gets the pin after coming off the top rope after an elbow smash. Bulldog Bob Brown versus Giant Bob is next. For some reason, Wikipedia says this match didn't happen, but it did. I go in, I don't expect much, and it does not live up to expectations. Giant Bob does win after the big boot and gets the pin. Harley Race is interviewed next by Ken Resnick about Rick Martell. Harley Race also issues a challenge to current AWA champion Stan Hansen. As he finishes up, Rick Martell heads to the ring. This is the battle of the ex-champions, Harley Race versus Rick Martell. They do wrestling holds to start back and forth. Test of strength at one point, then some rest holds. Race does a great over-the-top bump in the, to the corner. Both men eventually go up and over and get counted out. Then they continue to brawl outside. Then it is time for the $50,000 Ken Woman Battle Royal. The participants are Sherry Martell, Luna Vachon being called here Leona Vachon, Joyce Grable, Kat LaRue, Rose Devine, Taylor Thomas, Despina Montella, Misty Blue Sims, Debbie Combs, and Candy Devine, who is the AWA Women's Champion. It's a typical battle royal with lots of hair pulling here. Cherry at one point rolls to the floor. Joyce Grable is last eliminated by Candy Devine, who thinks she has won, but Cherry sneaks back in to eliminate her and wins the Battle Royal. Sherry Martell, Doug Summers, and Buddy Rose celebrate in the ring as she is given the check, and they all want shots at the champions. Kamala with Skandor Akbar versus Sergeant Slaughter is next. Slaughter is the AWA America's champion here. Larry Nelson joins commentary. Sarge has G.I. Joe on his tights. They go back and forth. At one point, Sarge launches himself towards the buckle on an Irish whip. Akbar gives Kamala an object that he hits Slaughter with, and they do this spot a couple of times. Sarge then hits a drop kick and slams Kamala. Slaughter gets the Cobra Clutch on Kamala. 
Akbar comes up and grabs Slaughter. Kamala goes to hit Slaughter, and he moves, and Akbar gets hit. Akbar loses the whip, and Slaughter whips both men with it. Sergeant Slaughter wins by DQ to retain. Larry Nelson then interviews Sergeant Slaughter, and he brings some kids on to do the Pledge of Allegiance. AWA Tag Team Champion Scott Hall and Kurt Henning versus the Long Riders Bill and Scott Irwin are next. Scott Hall is presented the most popular wrestler trophy by Pro Wrestling Report before the match. Kurt Henning is good here, but he is going to get so much better. Back and forth to start. Pretty even match. Kurt Henning gets the pin after a flying dropkick on Bill Irwin. Scott Irwin comes in and hits the champ with a loaded boot after the bell. Larry Nelson interviews the champ after the match about the loaded boot. Ken Resnick interviews Scott Ledoux next about Larry Zabisco. Scott Ledoux with local Minnesota Viking favorite bench warmer Bob Lertzema versus Larry Zabisco with Go the Ninja in a 10-round European rules match. This is almost like an MMA slash boxing match more than a wrestling match. Larry the Axe Hennig is the special guest referee. The rounds are two minutes, and each participant is wearing four-ounce karate gloves. In round one, Scott Ledoux dominates Hurley. Classic Larry Zabisco stalling tactic. Larry strikes late. Round two, Larry strikes early. Scott fights back. They go back and forth. Round three, Scott starts out with a swollen eye. Zabisco comes out fiercely attacking Ledoux who goes defensive quick. Round four, Ledoux comes out fighting. He's a proverbial house of fire. Larry Zabisco is out on his feet. Larry gets knocked out, but is saved by the bell. Round five, it quickly goes outside. Zabisco puts Ledoux in the ring post for the DQ. Go hits Ledoux from behind, and Larry uses the nunchucks on him, but gets hit by the axe. Our next match is Nick Bockwinkle versus A.W. AWA heavyweight champion Stan the Lariat Hanson. Stan Hanson beats up Larry Nelson before the match. Nick Bockwinkle brings a whip to the ring. They brawl on the outside to start. In the ring, they go back and forth. This is the match of the night easily. They spill back outside the ring. They start to brawl. Back in the ring, Bockwinkle gets dropped throat first on the ropes, but Hanson only gets a two count. Then they trade near falls. The ref gets hit accidentally. He gets back up just as Stan Hansen throws Bockwinkle over the top rope for DQ. They brawl briefly after. Larry Nelson then interviews Nick Bockwinkle, and Nick is tremendous here in this interview. We fade out, and when we come back, the cage is up. Nord the Barbarian, who was just called the Barbarian here, and King Kong Brody, who was Bruiser Brody, but this is what happens, all right? Dick the Bruiser used to wrestle in the AWA and would still occasionally wrestle. So because of that, nobody could be called Bruiser. So Bruiser Brody, when he's in the AWA, is called King Kong Brody. Because of that, when King Kong Bundy was there, he was called Boom Boom Bundy. I wish I was making this up. I am not. They are with Sheik Agnon Al KC versus Jimmy Superfly Snuka, who is also not a great person either. Okay. If you have uh, followed wrestling for any amount of time or followed the news last year when Jimmy Snuka passed away, you get this. He 
more than likely, although he never went to trial for it because he was um, uh, diagnosed as having uh, diminished capacity, so he was not able to stand trial. He did lose a civil case there, but that's because he did not show up for the civil case. More than likely, Jimmy Snooker murdered his then girlfriend. It probably was not first-degree murder. It was probably second-degree or manslaughter, one of these things where both were on drugs or he was on drugs. I don't know the full extent of it. But even before that, I'm not diminishing that in any way, um, what happened to his girlfriend, Nancy. Um, Even before that, he was not the greatest person ever. So that is um, the story on him. He is subbing for Crusher Blackwell with Greg Gagne to, um, and there with Vern Gagne. If Gagne and Snooker win, Vern Gagne gets Chic Adnan LKC in the cage for 10 minutes. Back and forth to start, and Brody is stiff. It breaks down, and they all brawl. Jimmy Snooker hits the splash on Brody. Gagne and Brody are both bleeding. Double drop kick on Barbarian. Double suplex on Brody. Snooker hits Ganya accidentally from the top rope after Barbarian moves. Then Brody drop kicks Barbarian accidentally, and Jimmy Snooker gets the pin. All four men brawl outside the ring. Vern Ganya gets Sheik inside the ring and the cage. Vern is 60 here. The Sheik is bleeding almost immediately. Vern whips Sheik with his own gun belt. They go back and forth. Vern then gets the pin with the cradle. Ron, Rod Trongard recaps the end of the match. Larry Nelson interviews Vern Gagne, who says that is absolutely his last match. Then our final match of the evening, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin versus the Road Warriors with Paul Ellering. Michael Hayes puts a pile driver on Hawk, who no-sells it. Michael Hayes bleeds. Jimmy Garvin refuses to tag. Hayes tags Garvin when he isn't looking. Garvin doesn't want to go in. Animal gets a two-count on Garvin. Hayes then doesn't want to tag in. Back and forth they go. Michael Hayes puts the figure four on Hawk. Hawk reverses it, and an inadvertent hit gets an inadvertent hit gets the win for the Road Warriors. Hayes went to hit Animal, but he moved, and Garvin gets hit. The Metrodrome then empties out quickly, despite the fact that Waylon Jennings plays a concert afterwards. So that's the Russell Rock Rumble. I mean, that's Russell Rock 86. And next time we will return to look at Saturday night's main event for May 1986. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Joey Harris. You can email the show at squaredcircletheater at gmail.com. The Squared Circle Theater of the Mind is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media and is intended for private use only. The time has come for me to go. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>